of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on Sports World Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller, Simone, flying solo this evening as my partner in crime is MIA. Uh, hopefully he is all right. But nevertheless, I am here to talk to you about New York Jets dropping to 0-10 tonight, uh, this time at the hands of the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles Chargers or whatever it is that they're calling themselves this week uh, by the score of 34 to 28, a game in which Darrell Loggins uh, got play calling duties uh, taken from him at halftime. And Adam Gase actually uh, took over play calling duties and saw the ball uh, actually start to move. We saw Denzel Mims start to get involved in it. Matter of fact, Denzel Mims finished the day three receptions for 71 yards uh, targeted in the game eight times, made some good plays, including actually robbing one of the uh, San Diego Chargers defensive backs of an interception. Um, also drew a couple of pass interference calls, which was good. So, you know, Denzel Mims uh, in the second half really starting to come on. But Michael P. Ryan still, again, completely underutilized as it was the Frank Gore show as usual. Eight carries for 33 yards. Uh, Frank Gore had 15 carries for 61 yards. Joe Flacco actually had a carry, one carry for two yards. Uh, Flacco today, 15 for 30, 205 yards altogether. Uh, two touchdowns and a pick. The pick that he threw actually um, uh, decided to uh, – uh, it, it was a pick six. Jets were backed up. They had actually uh, got a turnover on the uh, the four-yard line. And, you know, just – it. it <laughs> I don't know what the hell uh, uh, Joe Flacco was looking at, but um, – you know, here he is. Uh, Jets actually get a turnover on the four-yard line, and then they just immediately give it right back. Um, at that point, the Jets had actually had a block punt, and they had a short field to work with, uh, in which made it 6-0. Um, Sam Ficken today missing two extra points, which was just absolutely ridiculous. But, you know, we're, uh, I'm going to go into that in, a, in a, a little bit more detail. First off, I've got uh, – a special guest who's joining me right now, uh, right in on the line, um, waiting for Mr. Brian Snow, host of the Snowman in the Morning podcast, uh, to uh, to join us. So while he's uh, getting his technical stuff together, ah, there he is. There's the Snowman. Snowman, say hello to everybody, my friend. What's going on, CJ? Man, you know the Jets dropped to zero and ten. Um, they are in full tank mode. We saw Joe Flacco today kind of chucking the ball around, uh, doing his usual. Um, it, it, 
he actually looked decent throwing the ball around, but there were also times where it looked like he was incredibly reckless with the ball. Again, uh, Frank Gore seems to be the main focal of the New York Jets running game, which is kind of a little bit ridiculous when you have a rookie in Michael P. Ryan and also Ty Johnson back there who got a little bit of run, but still not enough in my opinion, you know, um, what were your thoughts of the game if you were able to actually catch it? I know with you, you do a lot of bouncing around. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that you probably got to catch uh, some part of the game. So what were your thoughts? You know something, CJ, it – Yeah, it's been it out, I, bro. I, I, I don't – I really don't know how to do... – how to describe it? Um, I'm, I'm, why are they running Frank Gore 16 times when you got two rookies that can carry the ball 30 times? Your guess is as good as mine because, you know, again, uh, as, as I started to show off, you know, you had um, Daryl Loggins was originally was originally uh, calling the plays, but um, – then, you know, his play calling duties got actually stripped from him uh, as we saw in the second half where the Jets started to actually um, move the ball a little bit, a, a little bit downfield again. So, you know, it, it's, it has a lot to do with scheming. It has a lot to do with play calling. I mean, I really didn't see the Jets really start to utilize their wide receivers until late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter. And at that point, I mean, the Chargers the were over. Up, right. The, char- the, the, the Chargers were up 31 to 19. You know, so I mean, it, 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 it's like, wh- why are you waiting? So, uh, you know, they don't again, know what they're doing. It, it I mean, this is as simple. This is as simple as it gets. They don't know what they're doing, and they keep proving that fact every week, man. Of course. So, you know, he, here we are again you know, week after week saying the same things. But, you know, Denzel Mims actually looked really good in the short amount of time that they used him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that the Jets got off to a good start. You know, Henry Anderson made a huge block on 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 special teams. Uh, Corny Williams with the massive recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, the Jets had a short field to work with. And then, you know, Flacco started moving the offense down the field. And they actually, you know, they scored a touchdown. Unfortunately, Sam Ficken couldn't uh, get himself on the uh, on the right side of the the field goal kicking as he uh, he missed a couple of extra points today, so he struggled. Mm-hmm. But special teams again still continues to be an issue. Yeah, the whole team does need it continues to be an issue. The whole damn team, top to bottom. It continues to be an issue, bro. It was a bad weekend here, but I'm showing up. I'm doing this thing. And the, the mm, as I say all the time, and then there's the Jets. What a disgrace. So. Come on, man. It's been a few weeks since you've actually ju- jumped on with me. I'm sure you're, you're probably chomping at the bit to to, to kind of let loose. So let it rip, bro. Come on, I'm bro. To, let it I'm, rip. I'm going to 
say something personal in terms of in terms of letting it rip. Okay. Um, over the weekend, there was an event that happened, a bad event that happened here at the house here in North Carolina. And the people who executed said event don't know how much they have royally pissed me off. Because, and you, you know this, when I saw how devastated my wife was, my blood didn't begin to boil. My blood was on fire, and it still is. No, I could imagine. Uh, I won't get too deep into what happened, but I told you off mic what happened. I want to know who would be so stupid in a small community to commit this kind of robbery. And to this moment, and I got a show to put on tomorrow. I got a full four hours schedule for tomorrow. I don't even know if I'm going to be rested enough to go because every time I look at my wife and I see the devastation on her face and I see the tears in her eyes. And for those who have heard me before on this program, y'all know how I feel about my Dr. K. Mm -hmm. So when these assholes, and yes, I'm getting very, very vulgar right now. When these assholes did what they did to her, never mind the, the property that was taken to her and her hard work and everything that we put into this, I, I can't even describe how pissed off I am right now. Oh, I could imagine. I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't even think that b uh, being pissed off to kind of scratches the surface. I mean, oh no, you know, from this, if, if I could just all, make it really this quick, is, this is one of the fewest weekends where sports was secondary. I, I just looked at my wife's face all weekend more and, and bless her heart she tried to laugh and we watched a little comedy and tried to laugh and I turned to my left and I see her crying I hate feeling like this I hate that I'm shaking like this but that's my life yeah, Dr. I K is, Dr. K is my lifeblood. And I fucking hate what happened. So hard for her to try to pull through it. I'm doing my best. And she looked at me earlier today when we were out running around. She looked at me and she says, thank you for being so brave. But she knew inside, I cracked. I cried. No, I, I could imagine. It's taken everything in me up to this point not to cry. But when Dude, I if I was there, I'd give you a big hug. I swear I would. Appreciate it. I got to step away. We'll talk to you All soon. Right, All right, brother. Thank you for uh, for jumping on with me, even for a short amount of time. Thank so you. I appreciate you. Give uh, give Doctor K my love, and uh, tell her that you know we got we're, we're thinking of her over here. Thank you. Thank All you. right.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Brian Snow from Snowman in the Morning. Um, obviously, with a little bit of a personal note there for him, uh, he's going through a little bit of, uh, of a difficult situation. So uh, I appreciate him taking a few minutes to jump on. So really quick. Uh, talking about tonight's game, uh, as as I want to get into it a little bit here. Uh, 34 to 28, as I mentioned, Jets dropped to 0-10. Tank mode seems to be full in, uh, seems to be full on. But, you know, I was impressed with the way that Denzel Mims played. Um, again, I'd like to see LaMichael Piran get a little bit more run. I'd like to see Ty Johnson get a little bit more run. Um, Frank Gore, I know he's doing everything that he can to put the team on his back and try to drag them forward. But, you know, here's a, uh, there's a question that um, – that I want to talk to you guys, uh, the, the listeners. Matter of fact, everybody who's out there watching, Declan Krogman, um, Scott Clespy, Jimmy Jardine, uh, everybody who's in the comments right now, or even anybody who's probably watching right now who maybe hasn't jumped into the comments. Because I really want to know the pulse of Jets Nation when it comes to this. Do you think it's time for Adam Gase to bench Joe Flacco and to put Joe Morgan, uh, to put James Morgan in? Today on the sidelines, we saw Mike White. And I would have thought that, especially after the shitty first half that the offense had, and the way that Joe Flacco was being a little bit reckless with the football, that I would have thought that he would have actually, you know, gotten to uh, to at least come out there and at least take a couple of plays, whether it was just conservative plays, handing off, or maybe or maybe a couple of bubble screens, or maybe a couple of uh, of I don't know, maybe short designed run, short design plays uh, going on. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, because we're, we're 0-10 now. We got the Miami Dolphins coming to town next week. The season's in the shitter. We really just want to see the rookies play and get some sort of development. Again, another week without Sam Donald. I want to talk about that in a little bit. But, you know, there's just something that's just itching me where I think that if Adam Gase knows what's good for him, I mean, look, he's, he's dead man walking. I know that there are a lot of people who have come on Weapons Hot, who have come on all the broadcasts over the past couple of weeks, over the past few weeks, actually, and that have actually made the statement that there's a really good chance that Adam Gase is going to be here next year. I don't think so. I really don't. And the reason why I don't think so is because the way that the New York Jets offense is operating right now, there's no improvement. It doesn't matter who's on a center. So what I want to see is at this point in a lost season, you have to take, the rest of the games that are out there and use them as sort of like quasi preseason games, play your rookies, sit some veterans, sit some people who you really don't need out there and give some guys some other play to see what exactly they're bringing to the table. Now, a couple of uh, comments have come in and I want to get these on the air. Um, shout out to Scott Gillespie. He was asking me what happened in regard to Brian Snow. Um, 
shoot the show a personal uh, a personal message, and I will uh, on the Facebook page, and I, I will fill you in to a little bit on there. I don't want to put somebody else's business that I'm not authorized on, on the air there, Scotty. So um, I, I appreciate you reaching out like that. Uh, Jimmy Jardine, uh, shout out to him. Nota Morgan, my conspiracy theory is Douglas Stoll Morgan from Belichick is a 200 IQ pick to flip the pick in a trade. I still want to see what the kid can do. That's what I think. <laughs> Scott Gillespie jumping back in. You mean you don't run on first, run on second, then incomplete the earned it on third? Yeah, exactly. Pretty, uh, I, I love it. So Daniel Birch uh, chimed in. Shout out to him. What does it matter what they do? They're own 10. Time to start talking about the draft at this point. Danny, I completely agree with you, but you know what? We've been talking about the draft since week four, dude. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just it's just been that bad for the New York Jets. So, um, Alex Navas, uh, we shout out to him. Tank for uh, tank for T Law for 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 Trevor Lawrence. Um, I get that point. I really do. I think that seems to be the um, the general consensus. Scott Gillespie chiming back uh, chiming back in. Uh, no, he's not ready. You still have to get the young players ready for the future. Putting a quarterback that can't help the young players to showcase their talents. I agree with that to an extent, Scotty. I think that maybe you just put him in for a handful of snaps just to see what he does on handoffs, maybe on rollouts, a bubble screen here and there. I mean, I don't think it would hurt anybody to elevate him to back up Joe Flacco and maybe pull Flacco out for a couple of plays, put Morgan in just to see what he can do. I mean, you got pretty much nothing to root, nothing to lose at this point. I mean, the offense is dog shit. So you may as well do something to try to see what some of these kids can do. So, all right. Uh, Alex Navis, when is this guy getting fired? Your guess is as good as mine. I'm hoping that right at the end of week 17, when the clock hits triple zero, Joe Douglas kicks in the locker room door or Woody Johnson kicks in the locker room's door, uh, the locker room door and tells Adam Gase, get the hell out. So uh, Jimmy Jardine chimes back in. They didn't fire Gase because they're still paying Bowles and Mac until the end of 2020. After the season, they have no more dead coach slash GM money. So we could buy out the remaining Gase contract for, for 4 million. That's actually true. Um, <clears throat> According to overthecap.com, uh, if you actually go and take a look at it as far as dead cap, um, as soon as the 2020 season ends, they can actually fire Adam Gase uh, and basically just w w whatever money that they're paying Mac and uh, Todd Bowles, that will actually come off the books. So uh, Jimmy is right in that respect. But at this point, if you're Woody Johnson or you're Christopher Johnson, at this point, the one thing that you need to do is you need to go out there and you need to establish who your next head coach is going to be. So at a point that I made on the Let's Talk Jets radio show with Tyson Roush and, Kev and uh, Kevin Serkin and uh, Tyrone Johnson uh, last Tuesday, um, I had brought up a point that we really can't start looking at the New York Jets future until Adam Gase has shown the door. Once Adam Gase has shown the door and this entire coaching staff has been completely and utterly purged, 
then comes the most critical decision of all is that if Woody Johnson or Christopher Johnson is going to actually hand the keys to the car over to Joe Douglas and let Joe Douglas pick his head coach, let that head coach pick his staff and so on and so forth. And then the two of them become a package deal where if you guys got three years, there's three years left remaining on Joe Douglas's contract, right? So you have the head coach and the GM, they're attached at the hip. No, no arranged marriages, none of that shit. So that way you let the two of them work together. And then whatever happens after that, if one guy goes, they both go plain and simple. So uh, going back to Alex Navis, um, what do you think we could fetch for Sam Donald? 49ers, Steelers, Redskins will be looking for a quarterback. I think you could probably at this point, your best case scenario, you could probably get a second round draft pick. Um, uh, Jimmy Jardine fully agree. CJ start to search, see who's interested. They should have started that search in my opinion, like right off the bye week, they should have already started indirectly speaking to people and kind of putting feelers out to see who would be interested because the jets are going to have about $98 million in cap space. All right. They've got, they got a shitload of picks this upcoming draft. They've also got a shitload of picks next upcoming draft. So the Jets are going to be in a prime position where if you strip this thing in the offseason down to the studs, get rid of this coaching staff, you're essentially handing the next head coach a blank slate. And you give them the choice whether or not they actually want to work with Sam Darnold or actually if they want to go draft their own guy. So... I think that that's a decision that you lay at the feet of the uh, of the new head coach coming in. But again, you've got to see exactly what you've got to see first. If Adam Gase has shown the door, if Adam Gase has shown the door, then there's a plethora of different conversations that we can have. But if Adam Gase is going to be retained for the 2021 season, the Jets are going to have a public relations nightmare, the likes of which we have probably never seen in this city. Or probably no NFL football team is going to want to have to deal with. Because the Jets have essentially become the Cleveland Browns 2.0 at this point. A couple of years ago, we were all joking around. They're like, oh, yeah, the Jets are bad, but they're not as bad as Cleveland. Go take a look at them. All right. But the Jets are starting to become that bad. And the thing is, is that the longer that ownership sits on this problem and allows this elephant to stay in the room, the worse it's going to get. So in my opinion, at the end of the Patriots game, regardless what your record is, whether we're all in 16, whether we're one in 15, whether we're two and 14, whatever, it doesn't matter where we're picking at, the, at that point. You show Adam Gase and the rest of his coaching staff the door. And then Black Monday, you start your head coaching search. Because at that point, you need to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. So that way, when you're moving into the future, as far as draft picks, as far as personnel, etc. Uh, then you guys know exactly what direction you're going to head. If you have Adam Gase here being retained as the head coach in 2021, 
there is going to be some serious issues with this football team, not only in the offseason, but going into next year. So that's just my personal opinion. So I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Again, drop a comment in the live feed, and I will read these comments on the air uh, like I'm about to do again. Scott Gillespie chimes back in. If we're lucky, we can get a second-round pick for Sam. That's something I just got finished saying. Teams know, teams know that we have to trade or cut him. Um, Jimmy Jardine, in response to that, we can easily get a, uh, easily get a two. Possibly when we see how the other 10 teams that are negative on the cap space restructure. You know, it's a good point. There are, believe it or not, a lot of free agents, a lot of good high tier free agents that are going to be available this upcoming off season. And a lot of people don't seem to realize because this upcoming off season is going to be a very unique off season. It's something that we've never seen. It's when team, because of the flat cap and teams that have negative cap space, you now have to make a decision having to cut players. So we're going to see some high-tier players. Like, we've already heard reports out of Pittsburgh that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be is, is going to be let go. Mike Pouncey may be let go. There's a couple of other um, uh, high-profile people um, that, that, you know, are, are going to be let go. So you know what? There is um, – there's, there's a lot of different free agents that are going to be available to the New York Jets – Couple that along with draft picks and you have another solid draft. And if the Johnsons can give the keys to the car to Joe Douglas and you get rid of Adam Gase next year, we could be talking about a potential turnaround for the New York jets instead of saying, okay, what's going to be the curve next year? Is it going to be two wins? Is it going to be three wins? Okay, so I want to keep going through these comments. Um, if a bidding war starts between the Colts, Falcons, and Cowboys, there could be um, a, there could be a one at play. That's still in regards to Sam Darnold. Um, fire all the coaches except Hines Ward, our special teams coach, and bring back Josh McCown as a QB coach. That's provided Josh McCown would actually want to come here, but. I complete. Uh, I completely understand that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to be joined by a guest on the line. So, as they're getting their uh, their their technical things on, we're going to keep going. Um, uh, Alex Navas actually uh, uh, chiming in again. Once we get a quarterback, we better add some good linemen. We don't want to see what happened to Burrow today. That's right, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, uh, rookie quarterback, had a season-ending knee injury. So it's going to be curious to see exactly how he's going to come back from that knee injury. I didn't see the extent of the injury, but I've been told from people that actually did see it and did see replays of it, that it it was pretty serious. So we'll leave that at that. Now, uh, the biggest problem is the Johnson's love Gase. I completely agree, Scott. And here's the thing though. Um, The dude down in Miami all right, Stephen Ross or whatever the hell his name is, they liked him too. But you know what? When he got in their face, when 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 Adam Gase, regardless how much an owner likes a head coach, okay, and I'm sure Josh is going to chime in. Joshua, thank you for for joining me this evening. I'm very curious to hear um, <coughs> rebuttal by by what I'm about to say. But Stephen Ross down there in Miami, okay, it didn't matter how much he liked Adam Gase. 
the fact of the matter is, is that he had three subpar seasons. He only had one playoff appearance. Miami had a much more talented team than the New York Jets have currently at this time. There's no coach in the league that survives 0-16. Unless your name is Hugh Jackson and you're, you're, you're Jimmy Haslam from the, the, the owner of the Cleveland Browns. Okay? There's, there's no way you survive 0-16. And the only way that Adam Gase is going to get out the door is if we go 0-16. Because it doesn't matter how much the Johnsons like Gase. If you can't put a win together, and, and mind you, I want, to, I want to kind of put this in perspective. The New York Jets are on the cusp of making NFL history, ladies and gentlemen. But not the kind of history that you want to be on. They're going to be on the wrong side of history. They are not, they potentially right now, if they keep going in the direction that they're going and they finish 0-16, will have the potential to have, one, first winless season in franchise history. Two, worst New York Jets team ever fielded in franchise history. Three, most underperforming, worst NFL football team in NFL history, three different factors, Scotty, three that have to be taken into consideration. And I don't give a shit how much the Johnsons like Adam Gase. Nobody fucking survives 0 and 16. Nobody. Joshua, I'm curious to hear uh, <laughs> what you will think as your, your tag today is Gase will not survive. Don't worry, CJ. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it doesn't. My anxiety when it comes to this New York Jets franchise, okay, will freaking not start to calm down until I see on the back page of the New York Post, Adam Gase fired, or I see it on the bottom of the ESPN ticker, Adam Gase fired by New York Jets. That's the only way that the anxiety and the angst is going to end. So please, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Well, first off, uh, thank you for having me on, as always, CJ. I love how I always text you. I can't make it, and I always get what I need to get done done just because I, I I hear you while I'm doing what I need to get done, and I rush to get it done just so I can pop on and talk to you always about Jets football. So you give me the motivation to get my work done. I should, I'm going to start telling my wife that CJ is the motivation that gets me to get my work done around the house. So that's perfect. Um, look. You're absolutely right. Um, I know my my tag is interesting. It's it's um, it's funny, but at the same time too, you got to remember as well. The Johnson that hired Adam Gase, CJ, is the is not the same Johnson. If you if you get what I'm saying, um, Christopher is the one that hired Adam Gase. Not Woody. Now, I understand it's like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, right? When the two of them are together, thing one and thing two. Um, but at the same time, you got to look at it this way. When this franchise hired Adam Gase, and I've said it on your show many times, and I'm not afraid to admit it, I was on board with it because I thought things would be different. He made the playoffs his first year in Miami. He did all the right things. Everything was, you know, good. And then everything just fell apart, right? The team fell apart. 
superstars wanted out. They couldn't stand him anymore. And then eventually Stephen Ross said, I had enough. Get out of my face. Leave my organization forever. And that's, you know, like I said, that's really what it comes down to is this franchise is I'm looking at it right now. And I agree with you 100%, CJ. There's no way you can survive 0-16. It's just not possible. But again, he's here because they know he's the best chance to get them these losses. And I don't want to hear the the BS. CJ, I don't know if you heard the post game with him where he said Dowell Logan's called the entire game. That's such crap. No, he he didn't. That's a bold-faced lie because – the CBS announcers actually called out when Adam Gase was holding his Denny's menu playbook. <laughs> his coloring book, right? In front of his face. And they said, well, it looks like that Adam Gase has taken over play calling responsibility from Daryl Loggins in the second half. Which was a lie. It's an absolute lie. By the way, really quick, that, that announcing today of Greg Gumbel and Rich Gannon was awful, by the way. Clearly, they have not watched the New York Jets this year. They clearly have not seen the New York Jets at all this year. Um, the Rich Gaddon announcing this game today, it looked, this felt like this was the first time he had seen the New York Jets play all season. <laughs> it was just, the, he has no idea. He's saying every time, throw it deep, throw it deep, throw it deep. And I'm like, dude, have you not seen the New York Jets this year? They throw it deep maybe four or five times a game, and then that's it. They're calling it off. But, you know, I tell you this though. CJ, Denzel Mims is going to be a good player. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. He's going to be a good player. I really – I liked what I saw from Ashton Davis today. I did. Uh, listen, Ashton Davis had a huge task to guarding Hunter Henry. He's one of the top tight ends in the game, who's double his height, by the way. And I thought he did a phenomenal job at doing that today. Bryce Hall continues to impress me every week. Zuniga, I don't know what they're doing with him. I don't he, know. He's completely being used the wrong way. But yet they're using Michael Huff. Why can't they use Michael Huff the same way as Zuniga? Like, I don't understand. They're both. I mean, I get one's a linebacker and one's an out. You know, but didn't you draft Zuniga to be a pass rusher? Right. That's well, the whole purpose Zuniga was drafted. So why am I still seeing the same crappy guys that aren't getting any pass rush? The Jets have the, they said it in the game. The Jets had the least amount of pass rush in the league this year. They the least amount of QB hits. They don't get anything right. Which, by the way, Nathan Shepard, you you want to talk about the epitome of Adam Gase as a head coach? I would have benched Nathan Shepard's ass the rest of the game. Okay, I'm sorry. I never saw a, a quarterback slide, get up, and then get pushed afterwards. You know what you call it? You talk about accountability and be a leader. You bench that guy. Because you're sending a message like, we will not tolerate this. This is why the Jets are a mess and lead the league in penalties every freaking season, right? Where's the discipline? How many how many personal – the Jets, I think, have what? 12, I think. Uh, 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 13, and I think, that, I think they got number 13 and number 14 today. Close, I think, was five. I mean, how is this even – I mean, and this is such a Greg Williams thing, right? with the whole bounty thing and everything. This is such a Greg Williams thing. I mean, it's like, where's the accountability? Uh, listen, Rex, when Rex was the head coach in CG, remember, when Rex was the head coach, the Jets were the king of penalties. Yep. But, but they won games. 
penalties. And their talent made up for those penalties. This team lacks talent, and they just do – I don't know. Listen, you've watched football a lot longer than I have. Have you ever seen a quarterback slide, stand up, and then get pushed? I never saw that. And all <laughs> in my life, Nathan Shepard should have been benched. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I will say so. Quinn Williams is getting much better every week. That he is untouchable. At, I'm getting to that untouchable point. Um, I got nervous when Makai got hurt again. I got very nervous when Beckton got hurt again. I go, oh, yep. God. I'm thinking in my head, this guy's going to be so fragile for this team. You know what I mean? But thankfully, he came back in. And if you notice, Joey Bosa, I think on the first drive, went up against Beckton. Beckton stopped him every time, and then they moved Bosa to the right. They said, I don't, I don't want to get this guy anymore. Done. Let's go against George Pant, who then got hurt. And then they brought in uh, McDermott, whoever they brought in. And it was just like, you know, that. They were, you know. But I don't know, CJ. I, 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 I know. I understand your anxiety. There's no way he survived. No, I don't think you will ever understand my anxiety. Listen, Adam Shepard even confirmed that he will not be back next year. Right. Well, here's the thing. I, I love Adam Schefter. I really do. <laughs> and 99.9% of the time, he's normally right when he says something. <laughs> Adam Gase will be that son of a bitch to survive that 0.01% because some asshole within the New York Jets organization will just say, well, he didn't have his guys, and he didn't have this, and he didn't have that. But so I want to go back. I want to go back to the comments really quick because I'm looking at some stuff here. Um, shout out to Scott Gillespie again chiming in. Scotty, I love you. You know that. Are they really underperforming? There just isn't that much talent on this team. We as fans need to stop looking at things through green colored glasses. We need to look at things as how many how many of our players will start on other teams. Well, Scotty, I think it's a little bit of both. And yes, there are some guys on this team that probably would not be starting or would be backups on other teams. Completely agree with you. Okay, but I still think that if I were to pull Adam Gase off this team as the head coach, and I were to put Bill Belichick on this team as head coach, this team would probably be a 500 team or probably be above 500 team. Didn't that show it two weeks ago? I mean, you look at the defenses, you actually could make the case right now, CJ, the Jets have more players on their defense that are stout players than the Patriots do. We get the Patriots stand all right. every single week. So, and that's a, and to, to, to Scott's point, Look, we were rolling into this game with a rookie secondary. I mean, you had Bryce Huff getting his first his first official start. Bless Austin is on on IR. He was supposed to start. That actually was news that broke on Saturday that he was going to be out. Brian Powell, so, you know, I mean, uh, Arthur Malay, um, he he, you know, he was hurt. So look, I mean, we we knew that there that there were going to be. We knew there were going to be some rookie angst out there, and we knew that Justin Herbert was going to try to test the was going to test the secondary. Okay, 
but the one thing, the, the one thing that I want to bring up before I start reading the rest of these is uh, Kalen Balazs. Kalen Balazs today looked like a frigging beast. Okay, he played two games with the New York Jets. Could not do jack shit when he was there. Couldn't even block. Right, but uh, but when he played, when he played against the Jets, Kalen Balazs had 16 carries for 44 yards, as long as it was a 17 yard scamper, but. He still did really good. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he was he was active. You know, he he was active out there and he made a difference and he dragged defenders and so on. So nevertheless, just again, another example of a player that once you leave Adam Gase, you actually do a little bit better than you normally should. All right. So um uh another thing, uh, I so you're the one fan who liked the Gase hiring. I think he's looking at you there. Is that it? Did you like the Gase hiring? I, I He is. And you know what? I wasn't the only one. Sorry. There were people that did like it at first. There were. <laughs> I might be crazy, but you might have got that one correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to put a I, I had to put a ha-ha emoji because I'm just like, wow. <laughs> hey, right, you know what? Honestly, when it first happened, Look, think about it like this. And uh, CJ, I'll let you finish after it, but I, I'll defend myself for a minute. And, nah, do it. You know, in the, in the sense of this, in Adam Gates' first year with the Miami Dolphins, what did they do? They went to the playoffs, right? Unfortunately, Ryan Tannehill got hurt 24 hours before the wild card game against Pittsburgh, and they got their ass stomped, right, with Matt Moore as quarterback. And then the next year, Ryan Tannehill got hurt, and they had to pull Jay Cutler off the trap heap, right? So you look at it this way. His Miami teams were more competitive than the Jets teams were. True. You know See, They were. They were. They never were this bad. They The worst they were, I think, were 8-8, 7-9, 7-9, 8 and 8, seven and nine, seven and nine, eight, eight. They were competitive, and especially made the playoffs. So I thought him coming in, I thought it would have been something, a different dynamic. I mean, yeah, he had the crazy eyes moment. I mean, we all can't forget that. But you listen to the guy talk sometimes. He actually talks like he knows freaking football, but he's just guessing everybody in the end. But he sounds like an intelligent, articulate guy that knows football. That he doesn't do it when he's on the sidelines. So I was definitely not the other guy. And if you see Mike McCarthy, by the way, in Dallas, be thankful that that's avoided that one too. Because good God almighty, he was one guy I did not want. The guy I really wanted was Matt Rule. That was the guy I really wanted, but... Yeah. Right. Well, listen, I want to give a shout out to, to Ronnie Alexander. Um, when I was, uh, when I was sharing the, uh, the show this evening on, uh, the greenhouse jet fo- uh, football, he, he writes me, he says, CJ, I guess you missed the reports last week about James Morgan. Apparently he's the new Hackenberg. He's awful. So bad. Our brilliant offensive genius has decided that he is nowhere near ready to even suit up for a game, much less act, uh, much less, much less, much less, much less actually get in. He wasn't even expected to play this year anyway. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you're 0-10. Holy shit. Start the fucking water boy at this point. Let's, you know? I agree with you 100%. Let's see what he's got. But I I do know when they drafted him, they said he will not play this year. That's how they said that. But I agree with you. Look, I, I he was a fourth-round pick. I mean, let's see what he's got here. Right, exactly. That's that's really my point is the fact that, you know, this kid, he, he's, he's, he's a fourth-round pick. I mean, you may as well just just uh, <laughs> you may as well just see what the hell you got. So shout out to uh, to uh, Sergeant Robert Williams. 
uh, one, one of my coworkers at, uh, at, uh, <laughs> he's just completely, he's just completely trolling me right now. How about them Steelers though? <laughs> so he's like, start the water boy. <laughs> oh man. Williams. I tell you, you're, <laughs> oh, I tell you, he, he, he loves to give me shit. He really does, <laughs> but it's okay. Listen, his 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 Steelers are looking good right now, man. <laughs> yeah, they are at ten and zero. Let me tell you. So, you know, game tonight, I did. I thought Jackson because you know usually every year Pittsburgh always has that one screw up game every year. Usually it's against us, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Anthony Cerrone, uh, uh chimed into the conversation again. Thank you for for participating, Anthony. Top teams consistently draft at the bottom of the draft and still win. It's all coaching. Our team with a solid coach in five is five and five now. I co- I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony, I could not agree with that comment more because I think that if you change this coaching staff and you put a different coach in here, this team is not zero and ten. There may be four and six. There may be five and five. You know. Yeah. True. So, <laughs> Alex Navas again. Miami is going to kick the Jets' ass next week. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going to be a get-right game because you know what they uh, they. I don't think they did too good against Denver today. So something I hope they do for their sake because I will say this: them catching Tua today, I thought was an awful decision. You don't do that to a kid in his second start. That's just you either once you put him in, CJ. I look at it, once you put him in, he's in. Done. You're not you're not messing around with this kid anymore now. Now you're playing with his emotions. Am I in? Am I not in? What am I doing? Did I do something wrong? Now you're overthinking, making the kid look bad. Right. And again, a bad game. He's allowed to have a bad game. Did you bench him at the one bad game? I mean, he's had two good games. Doesn't make sense. So, oh, it's not his second start, it's his fourth start. Jimmy Jardine is is correcting you. Oh, excuse um, me. Fourth start. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Jimmy. Thanks for thanks for getting us uh, uh, back on track as always. I really love you to death, bro. Uh, so, all right. So moving on, you know, that's why I wanted I I, I wanted the um I, I wanted the feedback as far as starting James Morgan in regards to Joe Flacco. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about is Sam Darnold's shoulder injury. All right, every week he goes on the Michael K show, and. He he plays the good little show, the good little soldier. He's defending Adam Gase. You know he's he's defending the franchise. He's defending his guys and so on. And he's he's being the ultimate team leader by what he says in 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 the radio media and the print media, etc. But look, I got to ask you this, Josh. On the inside, I mean, are you seriously just like? Do you feel for Sam Donald? Like, don't you wish that he would just come out and just say, you know what? This offensive system just doesn't work for me. My head coach is a douchebag. The defense can't stop a nosebleed. I got nobody to fucking throw to. Look what I'm throwing to. You know, I mean, I I feel bad for the kid that I really wish he would just explode just to make himself feel better. Yeah. No, I'm CJ, I'm with you 100%. I feel awful for Sam. I think the whole thing is interesting when you look at it because remember looking back when they were looking to pick a head coach, they had Sam 
supposedly they say, and Sam had to confirm this. They had Sam sit in on some of these meetings. And Sam said of all these coaching candidates, he feel he had the most connection with Adam Gates. Yeah, see, I think that's bullshit. You know why? Because you mean to tell me that he didn't have a connection with Mike McCarthy? Mike McCarthy basically came out and said that I don't want any job other than the Jets job. He wanted the Jets job. And, and then essentially when he didn't get it, he took a year off from football. Yep. I mean, come on. You mean to tell me that Sam Donald didn't want to work with Matt Rule? You oh. think that Sam Donald didn't want to work with Todd Monken? They had four fucking people in the building. Well, again, TJ, doesn't that go back to your point of you trying to be a good little soldier? Is that, that doesn't that Listen, go- at that point when you're trying to pick when when you're when you're being asked to give your input on the on the new head coach of the New York Jets as a quarterback for me it's like who is the guy that we could bring in here that's going to help me further my career exactly that's going to help me you know be a better quarterback so that way I can start winning games I agree with you and and because you know what. Jeremy Bates sitting up in the fucking mountains for five years didn't fucking help matters. No. Okay. And not the fact that Adam Gase and, and Daryl Loggins run the same fucking playbook. Yep. So, I mean, Sam Darnold has had to work with, has had to learn from two of the worst NFL offensive coordinators there are. Yeah. And spare me the Peyton Manning bullshit because Peyton Manning was already established before Adam Gase got that, before Adam Gase coached him. I actually think Peyton Manning did screw the Jets personally. I do. I think he sabotaged the Jets in the hiring Adam Gates. And I think Christopher Johnson took the bait. That's what I think happened. Um, pretty much, I feel horrible for Sam. I, I wish it would have worked out for Sam. I really do. And I heard you say earlier in the show, you think the best they could do is a second-round pick. I, I th- I'm serious when I say this. I think if you're the Indianapolis Colts, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're the Chicago Bears, if you're one of those teams that you feel is close, look, in my opinion, the Chicago Bears, they're with a, with a confident quarterback or a Super Bowl contending team, all right? Those teams, the Colts, the Steelers, they'll offer you a late first-round draft pick for Sam Darnold because they feel they can take this kid. They'll have a 24-year-old, 23-year-old, whatever, how old he is, kid. It's practically like still a first-round pick quarterback for them. Right, and he's going to go to that team, and he's going right. to be a superstar. Right, he's right, and he's and he's going to be a monster. Like if you don't think offer the twenty, it's a twentieth overall pick, or the thirtieth overall pick in the first round. They'll trade the they'll trade that pick for Sam Darnold because they'll have Sam in the building when Ben when Ben is done. You know what I mean? And he could sit back for a year and complain next year, Roethlisberger, and Sam can watch and learn from Roethlisberger. And that's as perfect of a fit as you want to transition into. You know? So, listen, I vote for Scott, for, for, for Adam Gase to be fired right now. I want Scott Gillespie to coach the team. Yeah. Jardine is going to be our offensive coordinator. Josh, you're going to be our defensive coordinator. <laughs> all right? We'll keep, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep Brant Boyer around for special teams because he's doing all right. Yeah. Listen, all in favor, say aye. 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 Can we go higher? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Scott Gillespie, congratulations. You are now the head coach of the New York Jets. I have decreed it. CJ the Pain Gill with D. Simone has given you the blessing. Amen. Okay. There you go. There's there's your blessing. 
You're the head coach. Go do what you got to do now. <laughs> Joe D still the GM? <laughs> yes, Joe D is still the GM. <laughs> you're the owner now, so you're giving him full autonomy at that point. Yes. <laughs> Dude, if I was the owner of the New York Jets, okay, this, this bullshit power structure that they run right now where the GM and the head coach are on equal footing and they both report to the owner, that shit comes to an end. Yeah, I agree. Okay? Because look, it hasn't worked for the past 10 years. And the Johnsons need to realize that the power structure that they have in place right now is not conducive to creating a winning environment because teams that win don't have a power structure like that. I agree. When you have a power structure that's as wonky as the New York Jets, you're inviting catastrophe. And no. we're now we are witnessing catastrophe. Oh, we're past catastrophe at this point, CJ. I mean, we're, we're way... We're way past that, I'll tell you that much. And, you know, it's interesting. Really quick, and I wanted to bring it up. I don't mean to talk about it yet. You were talking Trevor Lawrence before. For those that don't think Trevor Lawrence is coming out in the draft, go watch Joe Burrow today. Oh, no, he's coming out. And if you don't think Trevor Lawrence is seeing that and going, oh, shit, that might that could happen to me, well, then, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be true. I'll give you – Prime example, they were, I was watching Rutgers, Michigan on Saturday, and the game they showed was Rutgers versus Louisville. You remember Brian Brom, CJ? Mm-hmm, I do. Supposed to be the number one quarterback taken in the draft, and he said he was going to be the first overall quarterback taken in the draft, first overall pick or whatever it was. Decided to stay in the year at Louisville to try to win a national championship. And he went, bloop, all the time to the second or third round of Green Bay. And that's how quickly you could screw things up. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence would do that because he wouldn't. No, he's he's coming out. Listen, he's not going to leave millions upon millions upon millions of dollars on the table. Sabotage the Jets. He's not going to say, listen, don't draft me. I'm not coming here. Listen, Listen, I personally don't give a shit about Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. If the New York Jets ended up with the third overall pick, with, 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 let's say, the third overall pick, yo, I'll fucking select Kyle Trask out of Florida, bro. (laughs) In a heartbeat. I would have so if you get the third overall pick, I'll take you. I'll take you all the the Oregon kid. Get the Oregon tackle, put him and Beckton on the two ends. You know what I mean? I'll do that. You want to save Sam's ass even more? But look, here's how I look at it. If Trevor Lawrence comes out and tells the Jets, hey, I don't want to put I'd be like, wait a second, you don't want to play in New York. But no disrespect to Florida because he's I know you live. You want to go play in Jacksonville? Does that make any sense? Right, exactly. So, so your choice is New York or Jacksonville. And look, Jacksonville, even though they've they've won a game, oh please, they they're a team that's in transition right now. So, if if it's in a matter of if 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 you're talking about Jacksonville, and look, this is no disrespect to Jacksonville because let me tell you something. Me being here in Central Florida. I'm surrounded by Dolphins fans. I'm surrounded by Bucks fans. I'm surrounded by Jaguars fans. I'm surrounded by Patriots fans. Uh, it's so fucking annoying down here. You have no idea. Okay. <laughs> so look, and they're all obnoxious as fuck. So I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. But the Jets right now, if you go, if you make the correct decisions, if Joe Douglas makes the correct decisions, navigates through this entire offseason, you can turn this franchise around in a year, mm-hmm. two years. We've seen it done. 
impossible. All it takes is draft capital, uh, cap money, and the right person calling the shots. The Dolphins. They turned down. They turned around an Adam K. shit show in a year. They kicked him out the door, right, CJ? Yep. Brian Flores. Boom! They're now a playoff contender team. Mm-hmm. That's how quickly it can change. Uh, you know, and you, again, you look at certain situations that you're looking at, and you say to yourself, "Oh man, how I feel like we're going to be in misery forever." It's going to happen. No, it can happen in an off season or two if you just do the right things. Right. Pretty some of them are pretty common sense stuff to do. Uh, see, but Josh, this is what this is what I started to show off with. Okay, it's fun to talk about the New York Jets offseason. It's fun to talk about the drafts. It's fun to dream and think up all of these scenarios. You can't do anything to Adam. But the one thing that has to happen is Adam Gase has to get the fuck out of here. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, I agree. I uh, I, I mean, I've even come on record, CJ, I said on your show a couple of times, and it sounds hard. Look, once the number one pick is clinched, hell, I'd fire his ass right before that last game. Screw it, you know? But at the same time, I kind of want him to stay because I want his ass to have that 0-16 record. I want, I would, yeah, I want that 0-16 on his record, and I want that blemish on him because he uh, deserves it. He deserves it. I think it. that, honestly, you want to know something? I think that... The only reason why, and I know I could just see it now, okay? No, don't say it. The only reason that I want 0-16 to happen for the New York Jets is because it'll be the fastest way that, that, that Adam Gase gets fired. Absolutely. Because there is just no justification that I don't give a shit how much the Johnsons like. He'll be fired Black Monday. He'll be the first I, fired. No, 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 no. I don't even think he'll make it to Black Monday. He'll fire him right after the game. Yes. Oh. Yes, I think that... I think that if the Jets go 0-16 at that point, at the end of the game, the Jets locker room is going to be a complete mess because guys are just going to be like, I want to get out of here. I want to go home. I want to go to one Jets drive. I want to have my exit meeting. I want to clean out my locker, and I want to get the hell out of here. That's exactly. Six, that. <laughs> Six more games to go, baby. Six more. Can we do six more weeks? <laughs> so, so, Scott Gillespie, I want to know, what's your betting record um, uh, against the Jets over here? Come on, put it in the comments so I can read it on the air. So, really quick, I want to go through the comments. Scott, with the second first round of taking the tackle out of Alabama with the first third round pick, take the center from Ohio State, get the guard from the Patriots and free agency. Yep, Joe Thunder. Then, wow, we have a new O-line. And now move forward. I complete that. He started the hashtag, <laughs> hashtag keep Gase on spike. <laughs> no, no, dude. I love you, but no. <laughs> All right. Jimmy Jardine is Gethuni in free agency and draft Creed, uh, Creed Humphrey from, from OU at center in the third round. Now you'll be looking at a top 10 O line. I agree. Okay. Listen, Reverend. listen, I'll be happy with that. But here's but as I as I've you know started talking to people before, you know, um oh Scott Gillespie, his 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 his, his betting record is eight and two this year. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, what are the odds are that the Jets go 0 and 16 this year? Come on, put it in the comments. I want to hear. It. Let's go. 
No. So, all right. So, so nevertheless, um, as, uh, as, as we keep going, um, shit, I lost my train of thought because we were, the, we were joking on Scott, but, um, <laughs> the, the, only, the, the only reason that I want the Jets to go on 16, you know, and, and look, I've heard so many people come out and say, you're not a real fan. If you, if, if you root for losses, you're not a real fan. If you do this, you're not a real fan. If you do that. And I really think that all of that is just nonsense. Okay. It's nonsense. You root for a team, no matter what. Okay. And look, I root for the jets to win every single week. I was the guy who came up here in the off season and I had John Gifford on from the, from the gift up uh, uh, football podcast I had a bunch of other people who came up here uh, who gave me their opinions on the New York Jets, you know, and they all listed their reasons why the New York Jets were going to be a very shitty team this year. And you know what? Uh, You know what? They were, they were right. Mm -hmm. Because look, I sat up here. I had Daniel Kelly on this show. I had Jason Capel on this show. I had shit. Uh, so many other people in the off season. Come on, okay. And I sat here and I gave reason after reason after reason why I thought the Jets would go ten and six and make a playoff run this year. And I was wrong. And you know what? I own that. So and I own it because everything that I would have expected the Jets to do, the opposite happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. On paper, it looked like that we had a middle of the road offensive line that I thought that if the Jets all all line was maybe 15th or 16th in the league and Sam Donald could actually go and have a production. Sam Donald is, has had the worst career of his life here with the New York Jets. He's had the worst year of his life. And probably when he goes to another franchise and having to learn another offensive system behind a better offensive line, maybe he will actually develop into that quarterback that we were all hoping that he would be here with the New York Jets, but he's not going to do it right here. No. And I feel, I feel bad for the kid because the Jets have failed him. Regardless whether you like Sam, whether you hate Sam, whether you think Sam's great, whether you think Sam sucks, there's no denying that the Jets failed him because it's not as if he walked into a situation like Mark Sanchez did in 2000 or in 2008, 2009, when he was drafted. Okay. They made it as successful of a run as they could for Sanchez. Look at what they gave him. Raylan Edwards, Antonio Holmes. Right. Contry and Smith in play. You had Thomas Jones, Sean Green they drafted. Then you got Tomlinson. I mean, compared to what Darnold's getting, I mean, if you're Sam Darnold, you're going to go, what did I do to deserve this? Right. So if if, if, if you're Sam Darnold, you're probably saying to yourself, you know, I don't think I was given a fair shake here. And I just and you know what? If Sam Darnold would have publicly come out and trashed the New York Jets and say, I don't feel like that I was given a, a fair shake here, I would have zero problem with that. Sure. You know what? It, out, it's true. He will come out and say that, CJ. When he's traded, there the media's gonna try to get that out of him. And he'll say he doesn't he doesn't strike me as the guy that's just gonna insult or throw people under the bus. No, he's not. But he, but but he, here's the thing. He'll say something under that kind of in a way that he, it's going to not sound harsh. But right. When you, read, when you read under the words, it's going to be like, "Wow, that was a shot thrown at the Jets," but it wasn't directed at them. You know, like kind of at the read between the lines kind of thing. 
Right. Yeah. So now, look, believe it or not, I'm kind of glad that you brought that up. Speaking of shots against the New York Jets over here, our good friend Jamal Adams, the scorned scorned ex-girlfriend, running his mouth again. We went on some sort of podcast, players podcast or whatever, and talked about him being depressed uh, while he was here with the New York Jets. So I'm actually curious about your thoughts on that. And then (laughs) I'm about to give my thoughts on that. Well, CJ, you know, the fans don't know this, but you know, you and I do we text each other back and forth um, during the week. And you did say to me and into the group chat on the show, I'm going to say every possible thing about Jamal Adams. And I couldn't wait because I'm picturing in my head what you were going to say. <laughs> so I was like, CJ's going to go off on this guy. Well, I say this first off, the guy needs to just move on already. Move on. It's over. Number two, number one. Number two, your team's defense that you were supposedly came here to fix, your team's defense sucks, all right? The Seattle Seahawks' defense is crap. The Jets have a better defense than the Seahawks do. That's with trash cornerbacks who are undrafted, right? That's the amazing thing. Three, Jamal Smith is getting his pants pulled down by Kyler Murray on national television, all right? So maybe he should shut up and stop worrying about that. Number four, stop using depression as as a way. Oh, bro, I was depressed. I sat in a dark room. My pops didn't like it. He was so upset for me. Dude, you know how serious people go through with depression? And to use it in a way where you lose football games compared to how people really have depression issues in real life as a mental health issue. Do you realize the severity of that and what he's using it for? What? I'm going to say, what an asshole, okay? Seriously, he is. Biggest schmuck I've ever heard talk. Let me tell you that. He's phony, and he's on the sideline yelling. He's sitting there with a towel on his head on the bench like a loser, sorry, sap. You know what I mean? I want to see him go up to Russell Wilson and start yelling at him. You know what Russell Wilson will say? Bro, you've been here for five minutes. You were supposed to be the savior. Your team does. Your defense does crap, okay? Shut up. Go play football and don't be a little asshole. How's that for a change? And if you don't like it, all right, you could take your sorry ass to Dallas if you want and make your defense as crap as it already is. So that's all I got to say about that. Go, CJ. I had to try to top your anger. Sorry. <laughs> well, listen, extend it a little bit because I just got a message uh, from uh... – one of our, uh, our our mutual friends that would like to uh, make an appearance on the show this evening, so I'm trying to get him the link. So I'm, just, uh, I'm sure that you pro- you you probably have more that you want to say. Go ahead, oh, and absolutely. I, and I'm going to give my uh, my. Uh, well, my I'm upset. Like I said, I had to top yours, CJ, because your rants are as good as they get. So the top yours is tough, but again, the guy's on a first place team. Why is he still worried about what his old team is doing? It's like you said. It's like, oh, the ex-girlfriend. Oh, she's still doing. I mean, I'm almost at the point 
where I think the New York Jets had to put a restraining order against this guy because he's going after the one Jets drive and he's screaming at her name with the boom box saying, take me back somehow because he's being a little bitch in Seattle. That's how I look at it. Oh, I don't think that. Wow. Oh, no. I I have a I have an analogy that's actually uh, better than that. But he thought this was going to be sunshine and rainbows. I'm going to Seattle. This is great. My brand is doing well. I'm happy. Next thing you know, his defense is what? Below the league? Right. They don't know how to put him on the defense. They don't have a spot for him. He's one of the worst cover safeties in the league, which everybody, for the last couple of years, we did. Listen, we had our blinders on about Jamal, right, CJ? We had our blinders on. He's the next Ed Reed. He's going to be great. He's going to be this. Troy Palomalu, that's what he's looking like. Ba ba ba. I don't know what the differences between Ed Reed and Jamal Adams. Every catch, you freaking cover somebody. Okay? Jamal Adams has bricks for feet. He can't run. He can't cover shit. I'm serious. My wife's probably upstairs going, why is Josh cursing so much? Um, <laughs> but I will say this. He thought this was going to be sunshine and rainbows being here. And maybe you're right. Maybe I overdid it with my anger. With him coming, wanting to come back to the Jets, that's definitely not true. But I will say this. I think the crazy thing is... When I look at the way the Seattle defense is, and I ask you this, CJ, is the guy worth the extension that he wants? No. And the answer is no. It's a terrible – Their de- Seattle's defense is worse now than it was when he wasn't here last year. I, I, you know what's funny? I, kn- I knew it was going to be him. <laughs> <laughs> I said there's two guys. You're either bringing on Arrow or you're bringing on Keith. It's one of the two. I know for a fact because Keith said he was going to come on. Uh, it sounds like Arrow's uh, – it sounds like a monster's trying to chase him. You are a factory of sadness! <laughs> He's got no screen, and it sounds like a monster's chasing him. <laughs> First of all, I'm trying, I'm trying to put you on speakerphone. But it won't let me, so I'm sitting here trying my very best to get you on surround sound in the good old random bar, okay? This is the thing that I, I – he asked me, can I, can I join the show last week? I said, I'm driving. And he said, no, it won't sound good if he's driving. Don't have him come on. You are a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. <laughs> hey, listen. I can multitask, ladies and gentlemen. I have the ability. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Arrow, really quick. What's your, what are your thoughts about there was the- a player that There was a player that stood out for, for me in this particular game, and that was Bryce Hall. He looked fabulous. His first game starting as a New York Jet, he looked really, really good. He finished tackles. I think this kid's going to be really, really good. He really does look good. I'm not, if you look at all of Joe Douglas's draft picks, LaMichael Piron, Denzel Mims, Makai Beckham, uh, man, uh, now you're seeing this kid, uh, Hall. Every single one of these players – seem to uh, stand out when they play. And Bryce Hall, I'm going to tell you straight out, Bryce Hall looks like a player. He really does. He looks really good. He looked – and that's why they got rid of Desir because they know that Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall is the real deal. 
if they just signed this year, he was a free agent, Pierre Desir, coming from Indianapolis, had a decent season last year with Indianapolis, had five uh, five interceptions this year. I know it's it definitely uh, puts a cloud over his head because he looked really, really bad most of the time. But Bryce Hall is the real deal, guys. Uh, there's no there's no denying that. You saw him. He finished tax, uh, tackles and also in the open field, in the open field, he see you can see that this kid sees the field. Reminds me of Rhodes, of a young Minnesota, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, uh, the you know Rhodes who's now playing for Indianapolis. He he looks like that type of player. Hey guys, I tell you what, I, I thought to say that when I started Bless Austin play last year, and the problem with Bless Austin is he can't finish tackles, right? He's, he can't tackle. Whereas today you saw it from Bryce Hall, the guy actually can actually fin. I agree with everyone. The guy can finish tackles, and they were picking on him earlier in the game. CJ, you noticed that too. They were picking on him. They said he's coming off a serious ankle injury. Let's let's let, he's a rookie. Let's pick on him and see what he can do. Well, they picked on him a few times and they stopped going towards him at that point. They started going after Lamar Jackson. The bit. You know, I mean, I I just love. Oh, he is. Oh, I just love the number one. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> yep, that's what they were saying. <laughs> He's definitely a number one guy. I, gu- I guarantee you guys, in a year from now, uh, a lot of experts, a lot of people, when we get a chance to see this kid play a full season, I think a lot of experts are going to say that this kid is a number one guy. He, he, he looks the deal. He looks – Everything that we've heard about the kid, this guy was a, a number one. This was a first-round talent, maybe an early second-round talent before he hurt himself. So this guy's got the ability to make plays. You saw him in the open field. Every time they threw to him in the open field, he was tackling somebody. He was a tackling machine for his first game as a, a starting corner for the New York Jets. Uh you can say whatever you want. I'm not saying this as a Jet fan. That kid is the real deal. He is going to be a very good player moving forward for the Jets. A very good player. Uh, I hope you're right. I think he should be. Um, you know, again, I know people were kind of saying that last year. Do you remember what Bless Austin, how good he looks, how great he is? You know, so- Bless Austin is not, is not Bryce Hall. No, I agree. Bless Austin – Les Austin was Les Austin when he was drafted. He was drafted in the seventh round. He was the last pick of the New York Jets in last year and uh, two years ago in two years draft. This kid was supposed to be a late first round, early second round pick before he himself. Bless Bless Austin is not Bryce Hall. Not even close. That's the not problem. He wasn't enough. That's what it was. <laughs> he wasn't blessed with the talent, I guess, being picked in the seventh round. So there's that. He can't tackle. So <laughs> you're right. You can't tackle. But that, that goes a long way with the New York Jets culture. <laughs> him. That's the problem. He blessed him. He didn't bless him. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I wanted to come on because. Out of this whole game, what I really stood out to me in this game was Bryce Hall. He stood out like a sore thumb. He really did. Any Jet fan that doesn't think that he stuck out like a, a sore thumb, 
Uh, I, I actually DVR every single football game, and I watch the game over. Tonight I'm actually going to go home and watch the game, bits and pieces of the game over. I'm telling you, <laughs> he, he marked his trail on every part of this game. He marked his trail on every part of this game. I guarantee you. Watch the game. I'm just sorry you have he to go. Was, he was really good. <laughs> uh, it actually, believe it or not, look. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad game. It actually was a very entertaining game, and we we saw we we saw the Jets in the second half put up a good fight. And that's and look, you know, it, it, it's one thing if you're 0 and 10, and every game you're getting blown out by double digits. They were. I mean, if, if if you're going and you're putting up a fight and you're right there and you know that you're you're you have the opportunity to win games, but either you just don't have enough to get you down the stretch, or you don't know how to put a team away, which is something that the the uh, the LA Chargers are having difficulty being able to do with teams. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between the two. So I mean, at the beginning of the year, the Jets were losing game by games by double digits. I mean, pretty much the majority of the Jets' losses were all by double digits this year. I mean, with the exception of the Denver game, with the exception of the, you know, the New England Patriot game, you know, and now this game, you know. So I mean, it, it, it's like if the Jets can continue to show progress down the uh, down the um, down the stretch with the young players. You know, then I can uh, I can understand the reason for optimism in the offseason. But here's the thing. I don't want Adam Gase here no more. So regardless if the team starts showing progress down the stretch, if you're still owing 16, I don't care. You need to be shown the door. Adam Gase is gone. CJ, Adam Gase is gone. I, I don't know. I don't know why any Jeff fan thinks that Adam Gase is keeping his job. He is going to get fired at the end of the season. Johnsons that we're worried about, Errol. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to the Johnsons. And if the Johnsons like this guy and they're going to, you know, bang their fist on the table in defiance and they're going to say, well, we feel like we haven't given Adam Adam Gase a fair shot and blah, blah, blah. So we're going to bring him back. It would totally be a Johnson's move. It would totally be a Jets-like move for the Jets to go own 16 be the worst team in professional sports and still retain that head coach. It really they're not retaining. They're not. They're not. Um, CJ, uh, Adam Scheffler came out and said, Bleacher Report has come out and said, uh, uh, the Black Monday after the season, Adam Gase will be the first. He might be fired right after the game in week 17. Didn't I just say that, Josh, a little while ago? He literally said five minutes after the game is over, you're going to get a breaking news on SNY that he's gone. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe it. He, he's he's not keeping his job. Jet fans, Woody Johnson's coming back. Woody Johnson listens to the fans. And by the way, I have two things to say. Who gives Adam Gates – why did Adam Gates take over the play calling again? It makes absolutely no sense. And did you guys hear what Jamal Adams said in that interview? Did you hear that? Yes, I want – uh, I actually, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I have yet to give my thoughts on the, on the matter. Um. I've already let Josh say his piece, which I wish you would have gotten the opportunity to hear because it was beautiful. So, Errol, please, the floor is yours. Tell me what you think of, uh, you know, Jamal Adams and his depression being a member of the New York Jets. First of all, he's a little brat, okay? 
This guy's been a little broad since the Jets drafted out number six. The Jets did him a favor drafting up six because five other teams passed up on him when he was a top three draft pick. That's one. Number two, he has a lot of nerve to take his shot and say the things that he said about this organization. When he came out when he was traded, uh, trading and writes a letter to the New York Jet fan saying that he loved his time here and that he'll never forget the fans. Then he takes a shot a, a week later telling in, in a news conference stating that he started crying when he found out the Jets traded him to Seattle in happiness. Then uh, over the last couple of weeks, you hear about this video and this, um, this the uh, video cameras in the locker room. Who do you think opened his mouth after he left the organization? There was only one guy that wants to throw the New York Jets under the bus, and that's Jamal Adams. I believe Jamal Adams had everything to do it. I can't prove it, but I guarantee you he was one of the four guys that opened his mouth former players that opened his mouth about the Jets having cameras in the locker room. He wants to make the Jets a laughing stock and a mockery that nobody's going to want to go and play with the Jets. Now, as far as I'm concerned of him going home and locking himself in his room and waiting for his daddy to knock on his door and go and talk to him and go and talk to his, um, his agent because he wa his daddy wants him out of New York because he's so depressed. You know what? Go fly a kite. You're not going to win. You're not. You're going to go to Seattle. You have the worst defense in NFL history in the secondary we've ever seen. It's not the Legion of Boom. It's the Legion of Goom. Okay, you're running it. You're a loser. And you want to know something? In the end, the Seattle Seahawks are going to give you ninety million dollars, and you're going to disappear like every ninety million dollar player, aka Muhammad Wilkerson. You are a loser. You belong in Seattle. You're not winning nothing. The Seattle Seahawks are never going to win. And you want to know something? You can open your mouth and say whatever you want about the Jets organization. And you might be right about half the stuff. When you come out and throw an organization under the bus, when you got Le'Veon Bell, have you heard Le'Veon Bell say anything bad about the Jets since he's been traded to Kansas City? Zero. Every single play. Have you heard anything about McClendon saying anything or Avery Williams saying anything? No. You know what you hear? You hear the stupid, complete ass out of Jamal Adams' big mouth. You know what he is? He's a giant turd that comes out of a, a, a blind-ass man's ass, okay? He is a piece of garbage, okay? I can't stand him. He's a, he, he is the epiphany. He is the epiphany of what we hate as Jet fans. When you have players like that come to an organization and the organization love you, the fans love you, and then you try to throw the organization under the bus when you leave, what a loser, okay? And that's all I'm going to say about him. He he belongs in Seattle. And you want to know something? Keep yelling at Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll is not going to give you the contract just like Joe Douglas wasn't going to give you the oh. contract. They're a village that needs its idiot back. <laughs> no. Go to, Dallas, go to Dallas when you become a free agent and go do nothing. You're a loser and you're never going to win anything. You think you're the best safety in the league? You're not even close. You're not even close. So don't even come close and say that you're one of the best defensive players in the league. You're an overpaid, overrated football player. Six sacks last year. Yeah, you had six sacks. You were all pro player last year because Derwin James was hurt. Okay? That's the facts. Marcus May had a better season than you, and nobody even seen Marcus May in the second half for the New York Jets in the second in the secondary. So that tells you one thing and one thing only. You're not 90 million. You're worth 30 million. That's what I think you are. You're a player that's overrated, and you're never going to amount to anything. And in four years, everybody's going to forget your name. <laughs> Whoa! Everyone's going to forget his name. Wow!
that <laughs> that deserves a good one. Yeah, he's a loser, man. Oh, good for you. <laughs> he is a loser, man. He is an absolute. It ticks me off because I am, you know, I'm a straightforward guy. I the the Jets stink. They're a terrible organization right now. Hopefully, Joe Douglas is moving in the right direction. But for a guy that Joe Douglas, you you wanted to be traded. He did exactly what you wanted. You went to a playoff contending team, and you go to a team that is a is already a structured off you know a structured team. A, a really was a really good defense, and you go to the team, and every time you step on the field, the defense is rated even less than when you're off the field. That tells you one thing. You are a poison. You are a cancer to an organization. And that's why the Jets got rid of you. That's why the Jets really, um, I, I could say, um, hosed the Seattle Seahawks for two first rounds, a third yes. round, and Bradley McDougal. You are going to amount to nothing, Jamal. And I promise you, you're going to amount to nothing. So you, you can talk all you want about an organization. All you're doing is throwing yourself under the bus. Because when teams are interested in bringing you in free agency, they're going to think twice and bringing you back in because you got big, fat mouth. Nobody wants somebody like that. Nobody. <laughs> Antonio Brown, baby. Loser. Plus, he's not. The thing about it is, too, and I'm glad you brought the whole free agency arrow because here's the thing. He's not going to be a trustworthy guy anymore. Look what happened with Le'Veon Bell. He promised Le'Veon Bell, oh, we're going to do this together, blah, 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 then a year into it, he wants out. How can you even trust the guy anymore? You know what I mean? How can you? He'll stab you in the back. And he'll walk away and leave you high and dry. You know? He did what he did it. He did it. He did it. He left Le'Veon high and dry after he said all those things. We're going to do this together. We're going to win this. It's going to be great. A year afterwards, I want out. And he's fighting with Le'Veon on Twitter. That's how you lose trust in the league. Well, you know what? For all you Jet fans that love Jamal Adams and thought that Joe Douglas was an idiot, a.k.a. Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts, <laughs> boy, oh, boy, I will say this, and I'll say this only one time. Oh. All you Jet fans that come out on national radio, your radio show host, you stick up, you, you say the stuff that you want to say about the Jets organization, how they're a laughing stock that you know more than every other Jet fan. Here's my answer to all you guys. In five years, when Joe Douglas uh, builds this team through the draft and builds the team through free agency the way he believes fit for it to work, none of you are going to ever come back and say that Joe Douglas was wrong, that he traded Jamal Adams for two first rounds, a third, and Bradley McDougal. I promise you guys, you will never, ever say that again because I believe that Joe Douglas did not only the right thing, he Oh, the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are going to regret doing that. They're going to regret it. Because they're not winning a Super Bowl this year. They're going to make the playoffs. And they're going to get knocked down in the first round with that defense. What a joke. An absolute joke. Okay? It's just, it's terrible. That secondary, they played their best. They played their best game in, uh, this year. And they gave up 21 points. Their best game. And they gave up 21 points. Are you kidding me? When you're, when you're looking at the New York Jets when they're, getting rid of players like Avery Williams, all your top players, all your captains, and you're ranked better than the Seattle Seahawks in the secondary. That is a joke. That's a joke. you got Jamal Adams, an all-pro player, on your secondary, and you are not better than the New York Jets. Well, it only tells me one thing and one thing only. 
He oh, is the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> it's a cancer. It, it, it's a joke, guys. I, I, I just think it's a joke. And I, I'm not happy about it. I said my piece on the weekend crunch. I'll say it over and over again. The guy, the guy just needs to shut his mouth. Go along, moving, just like Eric Coleman said on the weekend crunch. Go along, move along. Eric Coleman was sticking up for him in the beginning. Oh, Jamal's the best. Now Eric, Eric Coleman's agreeing with me. He needs to go cry himself to sleep to his mommy and daddy. Oh, poor Jamal. Go hide, hide under your pillow. Go hide under your blanket from the boogeyman. Are you kidding me? What a joke. What a joke. 23-year-old baby. That's what he is. A big baby. You guys have heard the saying before, right? Loose lips sink ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That isn't that kind of the epitome of what Jamal Adams is? Loose lips sink ships. Well, <laughs> Jamal Jamal likes loose lips, but in other ways, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh God! The FBI you, shut Jamal, down back I hope you, I hope you <laughs> Sorry. Please to <laughs> gonna cut this out, Jamal. I hope you listen to this. And I'm sitting in my car, not even in my studio. I will tell you this straight out. You will never, ever, ever be an all-pro player again. Trust me. Never. Not on that team. Not on any team. You can go fly a kite. And in four years, remember I said this. No Jet fan is even going to remember your name. Goodbye. <laughs> Damn. Arrow Mark drop Mark's dropping the hammer, ladies and gentlemen, with the boom. Nice. All right. So now it's time for me to put my two cents worth in. Oh, I love this. I hear this. <laughs> All right. Jamal Adams to me sounds like the scorned ex-girlfriend. Okay. Now, not your typical scorned ex-girlfriend, but like the girlfriend who like dumped you for like the hotter guy who's got the nice car. He makes more money, blah, 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 buys her jewelry every single week or whatever. But she still insists on blowing up your phone. The ex-boyfriend to tell you how you screwed up and how she's in a much better situation where she's at but she still blows up your phone, okay? Now, look, I've been in a lot of relationships, okay? I've had girls leave me. I've left, mutual, you know, stuff like that. But never once did I ever blow up my girlfriend's ex-phone, my ex-girlfriend's phone to brag to her about the new situation that I got going on over here. And that's exactly what Jamal Adams is doing right now. Because you know what? We really don't need to have all of that. You don't, you don't need all of that, okay? And then when you throw depression into the mix, it really just makes you sound just classless and unprofessional. Now look, truth be told, okay? I'm one of those guys that suffers from mental illness too. I suffer from anxiety and depression, been battling it since high school, okay? But for someone to sit there and to actually say something that they've been, that they were depressed after finishing seven and nine because they finished seven and nine. And now all of a sudden 
you want to get moved, you have a conversation with your dad, your dad talks to your agent, and then all of a sudden you start with a start going scorched earth on Twitter because you want a contract or you want to be traded. That just makes you look foolish, dude. It really does. And you know what? For me, the moment that you said the word depression out of your mouth, you marginalized that mental health, that mental illness. Because I don't think that any player, okay, would use the word depressed in regards to a contract situation. Maybe I think you need to educate yourself a little bit on exactly what mental illness is. Maybe you need to educate yourself on exactly what being depressed is, okay? Maybe you need to pick up the phone and give maybe Brandon Marshall a call, former Jets wide receiver, considering that he's affiliated with Project 375, a foundation and an organization dedicated to getting people with mental health issues the help that they need and also to create a more public understanding so we can end the stigma of mental illness, okay? The mere fact that you used mental illness as an excuse that when you got traded to Seattle and now all of a sudden your depression is cured, okay, to me, that's a slap in the face. And I think that you're a fucking clown. And you know what? I'm glad you're not a New York Jet anymore because I would be embarrassed for you to be a part of this football team. You know why? Because you, my friend, are an embarrassment. Because here, you were an all-pro. You had fans that worshipped you. You had fans that were screaming your name. They were chanting for your autograph, and they would do anything for you. But you decided that you didn't want to be a part of this process. You needed to go and to get paid. So you know what? You went and you got paid. You got traded to Seattle, and now you're part of a defense, which is the worst in the league. Now you're surrounded by guys that play at a higher level than you do game in and game out and don't make excuses because excellence is the only thing that's required because excellence is demanded on every single play. So now you're going to blame your shitty play and take shots at the New York jets because of you, you're going to sit here and say that you were depressed in your time in New York. Really? So you were depressed going in seven and nine with the New York Jets, but you weren't depressed going four and 12 and five and 11 with Todd Bowles, respectively, were you? No, because you know what? I remember you actively being on social media, trying to get players to come to the New York Jets because you single-handedly said that you wanted to help create a winning culture here. Jamal, look, I'm just a fan and I really don't have any skin in the game and I don't know you from Adam, but I'm going to give you some friendly advice. Don't ever discount mental illness. And I don't ever want to hear you go on a public show, on a newscast, on a podcast, or even when you're talking to yourself in the mirror and marginalize the word depression ever again. Because I can guarantee you, if you ever did that shit in public, you would get your jaw broken. Because there are people in this country that have that wake up every single day that have to deal with depression and anxiety and have to force themselves to get out of bed with a medication regimen, with a therapy regimen, and there are people that struggle every single day, and all you were crying about 
was about getting your contract. Dude, you seriously need to educate yourself. You really do. And in a way, I kind of feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for you because maybe if you pulled your head out of your ass for five minutes to take a look at the bigger picture, then maybe you would understand exactly what it is that you had said and why it's inappropriate. So good luck to you over in Seattle. But do us all a favor and keep the fucking New York Jets out of your mouth. Plain and simple. Oh, it's it's never going to end with him. He, he's just so he's so upset that the Jets didn't give him the contract that he wanted. He's so upset about what the Jets supposedly did to him. Nobody did anything but Jamal doing it to himself. And Jamal, I, I just want to say something to Jamal Adams. And again, if he ever listens to this, and he might never listen to this, I could give a crap. Jamal Adams, he's already come out and said that he will not – he will not be begging for this contract until his two years are up in Seattle. Why couldn't you do that with the Jets? If you wanted to be a Jet so bad, and if you love the fans so much, why did you force your way out of there? If you were going to Seattle and you were going to keep, you were going to keep going with the same contract, the same rookie contract for two years. You know why? Because he never wanted to be here. He never wanted to ever, never gave up that the fans <laughs> That he's one of the best league when he was highly overrated from day one. Okay, I never liked him. I never liked Jamal Adams. I never did. I, I I knew he was a good player. I knew he was one of the Jets' best player, but I never liked him. Go look at the games last year. All six sacks that he had were against teams under 500. Were against teams that didn't make the playoffs. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? And that's the problem with Jamal Adams. Go look at what Jamal Adams' big numbers are against. Who he was good against. All teams that were no good. All the offensive lines that were terrible. Now, I'm not saying Jamal Adams isn't a good player. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Jamal Adams isn't a great player. I'm telling you that Jamal Adams thinks, is he, thinks that he is better. He's a better player than he really is. And that's all I'm going to say. He is not what he thinks he is. Just like Muhammad Wilkerson wasn't who he thought he was. And I said that when the Jets gave him $86 million and 30-something million dollars guaranteed. And then uh, Muhammad Wilkerson had a heart attack when Manish Mehta took a shot at him when he went to the Green Bay Packers because Manish Mehta was right. He was right. He got his money and he got what he wanted and then he stuck his head between his legs. That's what he did. That's the problem with the Jets organization. You give the wrong guys those extensions it's been a problem for the new york jets organization for years they need to get their head out of the ass i think joe douglas is going to be the guy that's going to do it he's not going to give extensions for five or four years he's going to give you a three-year extension two years guaranteed or one year guaranteed and let's see how you play if you play well we'll keep you on with the extension if you don't i'm going to get rid of you that's the way joe douglas plays and i and i love what joe douglas says he just lets everybody think Oh, he, Sam's our quarterback. Uh, Adam, Adam's a solution. When everybody knows that Joe Douglas is licking his lips because at the end of the season, when Adam Gase is gone and he decides to move on from Sam Darnold, he's going to get the guy that he wants as a uh, as a coach, and he's going to get the quarterback that he wants in a draft. That he that it's his guy. And I love Sam, and I hope Sam goes to a great place. I I, I believe Sam will still be a great quarterback. And it saddens me that the Jets didn't build around him. That's not Joe Douglas's fault. 
That's Mike McCagnin's fault. Joe Douglas gave him Denzel Mims this offseason. He was hurt. Is that Joe Douglas's fault? He gave him Jamison Crowder, one of the best slot receivers in the league. Jamison Crowder can't stay healthy. Is that Joe Douglas's fault? Come on, guys. It's not Joe Douglas's fault. Sam is a good quarterback. Everybody believes he could be a franchise quarterback. you got to make the other players around you better. It doesn't matter who's on the field. You make everybody around you better. That's Look at Justin Herbert. Yes, he's got weapons. Look how good Justin Herbert is. Look how accurate he is when he moves out of the pocket and he sees the field the way he sees it. He's good. I am sorry. I've only seen Sam Donald in the three years that he's played four games that stood out to me. When you're a quality quarterback and everybody says, suck for Sam, now save Sam. Now they have shirts called Save Sam because they're trying to make money and all this other stuff. It's a joke. Save Sam for what? Sam needs to get his head out of his ass. Stop being a baby. Stop making it seem like you're always hurt. And get out on the field like Brett Favre, like the gunslinger you are, and make plays. That's what you are. You're a quarterback. You want to get paid money? You sat out when you got your rookie contract because you wanted more money? The Jets Jets obliged you. And now you think that the Jets are going to give you $40, $50 million in two years when you haven't put up the numbers? Yeah, the Jets haven't given them wide receivers. Okay, that's fine. Aaron Rodgers, let's go look at the wide receivers before these guys even turned into anything. A lot of these guys you never even heard of. You never. Jordy Nelson, look when he went to Oakland. What did Jordy Nelson do? Zippo. Go look at every single guy that let Green Bay from Aaron Rodgers. Go watch, see what they did. They did nothing. Drew Brees, go see what Jimmy Grant did when he left uh, Drew Brees. He did nothing. Nothing. Those quarterbacks make everybody around them better. If Sam wants to be looked at as an elite quarterback, or Sam wants to look be looked at as a franchise quarterback, and he wants to be a Jet, get on the freaking field and make the plays. Stop making excuses. Stop letting the Jets organization make excuses for you and go do your job. Well, I got to ask you a question really quick because one of the things that I want to ask, and I actually want to close out the show with this one over here before we get to our final thoughts. Um, the question that I have is Sam's shoulder injury. Do you think that the Jets are just being extra precautious, or do you think his injury is a little bit more serious than we've been told? Precautious. I think they're being precautious because the way the Jets are looking at it right now is Sam is trade bait. And they got to make sure that when Sam gets Ted, you know, when they're ready to trade him in the offseason, his shoulder is 110% because they're not going to get a first round draft pick for Sam. And that's what it seems like. They're not. But they could get two seconds in a third or two seconds in a fourth, okay? Uh, they know that Sam, slowly but surely, because of these injuries, the teams are going to be scared of him. So they're not going to get uh, a first-round draft pick for him. But they can get a second and a third or two seconds in a fourth or two seconds in a fifth. They could get something like that. But Sam, Sam needs to step on the field. He needs to get on the field. And he needs to show not only the Jets, but he needs to show – other organizations that he is a quality quarterback and that he is capable of being uh, a franchise quarterback for another organization. Because let's be honest, Jets go one, they go two, they're drafting either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. There's that's a fact. That is a fact. I don't know if I would draft Justin Fields, not after the way that he played yesterday. Not after that game. I don't know, man. I just, oh. and the thing- I'm putting my money on Kyle Trask. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, and I don't know is, if maybe that's just my my Florida Gator bias, but see, Kyle Trask right now in that Dan Mullen offense is really putting up some good numbers. And if he ends up being a front runner for the Heisman, or he ends up finding a way to win the Heisman this year, it, it would be it would really be hard to it, it would be a hard sell for people not to think that Kyle Trask could be picked within the top three. You guys are crazy if you don't think Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I mean, look, I think that, listen, I didn't say that Justin Fields is not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He had this poor game yesterday. So he needs to have a bounce back game when Ohio State takes the field again, because otherwise his stock is going to drop. But guys, what's the ultimate field? What's the ultimate goal? Though? The ultimate goal is who? And who to think about? And that's Trevor Lawrence, right? We can say Justin Fields, we can say Kyle Trask, we can say the BYU kid. Look, Trevor Lawrence is the open is the is the only path I see. That's it. That's all I'm looking at right now. I don't want to get second or third. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent. That's really what it comes down to. Second, I know we talked about this earlier in the show, CJ, and I know Errol just said it. I I'm sorry, I disagree with them not being able to get a first round pick. If, if the Pittsburgh Steelers have the 28th to 29th overall pick in the draft, why wouldn't you trade that 29th pick for a 24-year-old quarterback that still has some high upside that you know as a franchise you could turn around? Because you're not going to get that quarterback 29th overall in, in this draft. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a question whether or not the Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to invest that type of a pick in San Juan. I understand. It's a, it's a lot. But at the same time, you don't have anybody on the roster that you – is ready to take over for Ben, and there's not going to be anybody at 29th ready to take over for Ben. So in the end, and I don't think you're going to get that late in the second round because that's where the second round pick is going to be really late. So there's not going to be anybody probably there either. So your only shot is – So you don't draft this year. You don't draft this year. You can't keep going in every year waiting for that Ben Roethlisberger stuff because that guy is ready. That guy, every single year, he threads retirement every year, Big Ben. And he's he listen. The guy's going to be in a wheelchair when his career is over. He is. He's going to be made of. He's he's going to be made of metal. I mean, the guy is literally not going to be able to walk when his career is done. I mean, that that's that's the thing. And I think you want to get Sam in the building when Ben is here because then Ratway Roethlisberger can help train and teach Sam the offense because you want, as they say, a smooth transition from this guy to this guy. That's what you want. The Giants tried doing that with Eli and Jones. You want to do that with Ben and Darnold? Why wouldn't you want to? I think it's everything. Everything, Josh. Everything I've heard. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off because I got to go, and I want to let you guys go. Uh, everything I've heard by the end of the season, Indianapolis will do everything they can to land Sam Darnold. That makes everything sense. that I've read. Yep, that's another team. Right, CJ? I said, I said Indianapolis, and I said Chicago. So the other two teams, I said, and yeah. I think that's the route. It's going to be Indianapolis. I, I absolutely believe that Indianapolis, at the end of the season, they've made a lot of trades with the Jets lately. Go look at the uh, – they brought in Pierre um, Vassier. Then they made a trade with C.J. Wilson in the late late seventh round. They made the trade uh, – Wilson, yeah. They made the trade um, – they made the trade a couple of years ago to, uh, uh, you know, that, that where they got Leonard in the second round. For Darnold. They yep. Up to get the Darnold pick. Yeah, but I also think the Chicago Bears are if they resign Allen Robinson, are legitimately a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender. 
that team is the only, the only thing that worries me. And I, again, I want to thank you guys for letting me come on. Uh, where's Kevin Jackson, baby? Where's Kev? He, okay. He's MIA right now. He's MIA? He's MIA. Uh, well, missing in action. Well, tell Mr. Missing in Action, I still believe that uh, Sam Donald is not Geno Smith. Okay. Just tell him that. All right. Oh, I, I, had a, I had a long conversation with Kevin on Friday. And he promised me that he was going to be here this evening. And I sent him a couple of text messages today to make sure that he was still coming on. No response. So I don't know what's going on, but the show must go on, brother. No. Well, if you need another partner, you just let me know. So I think we got it covered, but we're good. All right. (laughs) Joshua, CJ. Dance away and tell Jamal Adams to hide under his bed because the boogeyman arrow is coming after him. Oh, <laughs> God. All right, Arrow, thank you so much for joining us tonight, my friend. Later, Arrow. Later. All right. Later. Ladies and gentlemen, Arrow Marks, the, uh, the boss from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. This was fun. So despite talking about a, a New York Jets loss, the Jamal Adams circus, which continues to, you know, churn on and on. Sam Donald's future is a New York Jet. Trevor Lawrence is the prospective number one overall pick, plus a plethora of other things. We anointed Scott Gillespie, the new head coach of the, uh, of, of the New York Jets uh, at this time. So, you know, again, congratulations to him. <laughs> so Joshua, really quick. Give out your social media information so that way fans of Weapons Hot can uh, interact with you, talk with you, all that good stuff. So for me, I got two ways of doing it. You can meet, uh, do it on Twitter at Josh Silverberg. I do a lot of funny things. Of course, you can always see me put in the tank, uh, Jeff. I know CJ knows that one really well with me. Fourth four tank, as I like to say. <laughs> yep. So at Josh Silverberg. And then, of course, uh, a show that myself and Alex Slows do every Saturday at 12 p.m. Um, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, uh, Off the Mat. You can see us at Off the Mat, WWSRN. At the Off the Mat, WWSRN. It's a wrestling show every Saturday at 12 p.m. Um, so check that out if you're a wrestling fan. It's a lot of fun. We just actually we got to preview uh, Survivor Series yesterday. I'm actually watching it right now with CJ because tonight supposedly The Undertaker's Farewell, but I've, I'm going to say it. I call bullshit. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> bullshit on that one. But um, <laughs> but um, I want to thank you, CJ, so much for letting me come on. I always, I love every time CJ always says, like I said at the beginning. So CJ's always like, "Gosh, can you come on?" Now I'm busy, and then 20 minutes later, all right, I'm ready. What? <laughs> As I said, story of my life, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna tell my wife. I think CJ D. Simone is the motivation to be getting my chores done in the house. <laughs> CJ is always. Thanks for letting me come on, man. I, I love being on the show. I hope everything with Kevin's good um, and everything's all right. And look, you guys, you guys are doing great over over there. I mean, you don't need anybody else. That's for damn sure. I just love popping on every now and then. You guys kick ass every week, so thank you for letting me join on. It's a pleasure. Ah, it's no problem. We enjoy having you on, and you know you always got the open invite, my friend. Thank you. And as for you, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are tuning in, I'd like to thank you personally from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys for tuning in. 
to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets broadcast here on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523, my partner in crime, who's currently MIA, and I hope you guys give him shit about it, at, Spot, at Spotty Blackman. Shoot the show an email, weaponshotpodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, Weapons Hot. Our content is up there. Like that page. Uh, message us a message you write back. We love going back and forth with team with fans about this team and about the state of the team. Also, leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing here on Weapons Hot and especially also on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, WWSRN has an app, ladies and gentlemen, on Google Play. You could download it if you have Android. Uh, go to the Apple uh, iTunes store or whatever the hell it is uh, for, for iOS. Um, if you have an iPhone, uh, just download the app and you can catch all of the shows that the Worldwide Sports Radio Network has to offer on that app. You can listen to us live. You can listen to simulcast all from the app. Download the app. It's probably the best thing since sliced bread, especially if you are a fan of sports here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network and brand newly designed website. Don't forget to check us out up there. You could also access the shows from the website as well as some pretty cool articles from the contributors to that website. So, and of course, you could find us on SoundCloud.com, Sports War Radio at www.spreaker.com, and quite frankly, any place where you get your podcast fix. So, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Arrow Marks, who has now left the building, Mr. Joshua Silverberg, who is currently right there, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets. And I'm going to leave you guys tonight with still, in my opinion, the best chant in the National Football League. Really quick before we get out the door, shout out to Sergeant Robert Williams from the 45th Medical Group. Thank you for jumping on, and every, thank you to everyone who jumped into the con, to the comments, left a comment, interacted with us, including Mr. Brian Snow. Our thoughts and prayers are with you, with what you guys are going through. So we'll see you guys when we see you guys. Take care. Good night, everyone. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.